I will now introduce today's guest. Ralph Waldo Emerson has been quoted as saying that the secret in education lies in respecting student, the student. This is the opportunity and the challenge today's speaker faces in leading our province's Ministry of Training, Colleges and Universities and working to nurture and stimulate post-secondary education in the province. The Honourable John Malloy has presided over the Ministry since October 2007. During that time, several important investments have been made to help learners get the skills and knowledge required to drive the economy and to support its vision of having the most educated people and highly skilled workforce in the world. While many post-secondary students are off for the summer, there is no break for the ministry as it holds, as it holds fast to its key priorities of transforming the post-secondary education system, expanding access and opportunities for education, and training and fostering a culture of continuous learning. One might argue that there is no greater fuel for opportunity than funding. The ministry's five-year Reaching Higher plan, which injected $6.2 billion into college and university education, has been completed. Resulted, resulting in 120,000 additional students attending college and university. The ministry has noticed an increased demand for employment and training services over the past two years, due in part to the continuing effects of the global recession. In response to this trend, the ministry's Employment Ontario program invested more than $1.6 billion in 2009-2010 and again this year. Minister Malloy is an ideal role model for post-secondary education. He holds an Honours Bachelor of Arts in History from Carleton University, a Master's Degree from the London School of Economics, and a Doctorate in Modern History from the University of Oxford, where he was a Commonwealth Scholar. Minister Malloy was first elected as MPP for Kitchener Centre in 2003. But his political career began well before that, when at the age of 13, he worked as a Queen's Park page and continued to work in political offices at both the provincial and federal levels. This included a five-year stint as legislative assistant to Prime Minister Jean Chrétien. Today, our Minister of Training, Colleges and Universities will speak to us about putting students first post-secondary education in the years ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming the Honourable John Malloy to the Canadian Club podium. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Nick, for that very, very kind introduction. I'm always a little intimidated by introductions like that. I just sort of want to uh, uh, go right to the end of the speech. It was so nice, but uh, thank you very much. And thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for coming out here today. Uh, there's such a great cross-section of uh, the sector that I've had the privilege to work with over the past number of years that are here today. Uh, far too many to recognize people individually, but I do want to give a few shout-outs 
And I want to start with the most important people that are here today. Yes, I'm going to single them out. And that's the students, including our apprentices who are here today. And I think we should give them a round of applause. And then there's the rest of you. So, <laughs> listen, we've got representatives from our colleges, from our universities, from uh, literacy organizations, from our trades unions who do such a wonderful job in terms of uh, the apprenticeship system. Uh, we have uh, uh, folks here from HECO, and I want to give a, a special uh, shout-out to uh, Harvey Weingarten, who's still a relatively new uh, president of HECO, and publicly thank him for all his uh, great support and advice uh, of that of him and his team. I also want to uh, single out uh, another group, which uh, is always sort of behind the scenes, and that's uh, my ministry staff at training colleges and universities. Uh, the Deputy uh, Minister, Deborah Newman, is here, along with many representatives from the ministry, and uh, you are all unsung heroes. You work very, very hard uh, behind the scenes, and I really do uh, appreciate uh, your outstanding work. So, and of course, I want to thank uh, the Canadian Club for hosting me here today. This is my third visit to the Canadian Club, and it's always such an outstanding opportunity to share ideas, to come forward and update people on the government's plans. But I've got to tell you the coolest thing. The coolest thing is at the end of your speech, they actually, like right as you walk out, they give you a DVD of the speech that they've just recorded. Like it's really, like just as you walk out. So I mean, if you're feeling really egotistical, you can actually bring a portable DVD player and watch it in the lobby. So, But the reason why I mention this, I don't mention this in case there's some prospective speakers in the audience. I mention this in case there's prospective spouses or loved ones of prospective speakers in the audience, spouses or loved ones, because don't make the same mistake that my wife made. Because last time I spoke to the Canadian Club, I, I walked in the door that night and she gave me the old, oh, I'm so sorry I had missed your speech. I wish I had been there. It's too bad there's no way that I can see it. So. <laughs> I got to tell you, I even got a little bored by the eighth showing of it. But uh. So listen, my topic today, of course, is post-secondary education and training. And I want to begin with a little bit of a confession. I loved my years at university. I absolutely adored them. In fact, Labor Day was the most exciting day of the year for me because it meant I would soon be rejoining my friends in order to have another wonderful experience. So why did I like university so much? Well, for a variety of reasons. It was a very, very special time of my life. I was breaking free of family bonds. I was meeting new people. I was being exposed to new ideas. I was going to lots of parties. I was falling in love weekly. <laughs> I had come from an all-boys high school. <laughs> And I was catching a glimpse, I was catching a glimpse of the seemingly unlimited potential that the future held. These were years, my university years, of endless debate and discussion. I remember them well, the weighty issues of the day, U.S. foreign policy, the efficacy of social programs, whether the TV series Family Ties was beginning to lose a little bit of steam in the later seasons. <laughs> I think we all remember, the little sister grew up, they got a little preachy. But uh, I studied, uh, as you heard, I studied uh, economics and history, the latter at the graduate level. And you know, I learned a little bit about how the economy worked. I also learned a little bit about things 
that had happened in the past. But I also learned how to read and write. I learned how to do research. I learned how to think critically. I learned how to identify a problem and look for a solution. I made myself employable, and when I finished my studies, I found a job. Now, there's nothing unique about my story, and I think if you asked any one of the millions of Ontarians who have gone on to college, university, or an apprenticeship, they would tell a similar tale of an important time in their lives when they learned a great deal, both inside and outside the classroom, and when they emerged a little smarter, better qualified, and ready to succeed. Ontario needs a strong system of post-secondary education and training. It's crucial for our economic future. We need to ensure that our students, whether we're talking about students fresh out of high school or someone returning to the classroom after many decades, is prepared to face the modern world. And it's a world that's changing, a world that's growing increasingly complicated. We have problems and challenges that demand the attention of well-trained and well-educated minds. Think about it. We have professions, we have businesses, we have sectors that did not exist 10 years ago, and we have experts telling us that 70% of new jobs are going to require some sort of post-secondary education or training. Now, the good news is that Ontario has one of the best post-secondary education systems in the world. We have a network of colleges and universities that are well-known for their excellence. We also have an apprenticeship system, which has doubled in size since taking office and is supporting a strong skilled trades sector. And the better news is that we have a premier and a government that is committed to ensuring that this excellence continues. Now, this is not a new sentiment. And I want to tell you, our premier has earned the right to be known as the education premier. Think about it. Smaller class sizes in the elementary levels, higher test scores, increased graduation rates, and the introduction of full-day learning for four- and five-year-olds have all been the hallmarks of this government. In 2005, our premier helped launch Reaching Higher, as well as my special guest here up at the podium today, the Honorable Mary Ann Chambers. And I just want to say how wonderful it is to have a predecessor here, someone who was the minister when Reaching Higher was launched by our government. And Mary Ann Walker. And I also want to uh, give a special welcome to uh, my colleague, Monty Quinter, who won the Book Award. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> Uh, Monty has not only been a valuable colleague, he's also a huge supporter of the post-secondary sector and, of course, has long-standing ties to OCAD. So, Monty, it's great to have you here today. And Monty, of course, was uh, a part of the government when we came forward with Reaching Higher, the largest single investment in post-secondary education in two generations. Now, supplemented by uh, additional funding over the years, Reaching higher has resulted in 60,000 more apprentices and 140,000 more students in our colleges and universities, studying in new classrooms, in new labs, in new libraries, and in new facilities across the board, including training facilities. Do you know that Ontario, you probably do because we, we quote it often, Ontario has 
the highest post-secondary attainment rate in the world at 64%. And you know what? That's not good enough for our premier, who has set a goal that he wants 70% of all adult Ontarians to have a post-secondary education or training credential. So how do we get there? Where do we go from here? Reaching higher is over, and in fact, I uh, was here about 18 months ago to uh, give you an update on its success. But today I want to talk about the future. I want to talk about the next steps in Ontario's uh, post-secondary education system and the evolution of Ontario's post-secondary education system and the new plan that our government is launching. And no, we are not going to call it reaching even higher. (laughs) As tempting as that was. Instead, I think we've chosen a more appropriate title, and I think you all know what it is because you've, you've looked at your program there. We are calling it Putting Students First. And I think that title captures the essence of what we are trying to achieve. Because Putting Students First is our government's response to what I think is the basic goal of Ontario families when it comes to post-secondary education. A goal that can be summarized in one simple sentence. And this is the sentence. I want my kids to go on in school and get a good job. That's it. That's the basic sentiment. And that sentiment has been the driving force behind the plan that I want to outline to you today. Now, it begins with this idea of going on in school, undertaking training or education beyond high school. And I think if you ask most Ontarians, what's their first concern when it comes to considerations of going on to college or university? Their answer would be straightforward. They would say cost. And you know what? I'm never going to argue with anyone who says that cost is not a key factor in people making decisions about whether they want to go on in school. And it's for that reason that our government has capped tuition fees. It's for that reason our government has established one of the most generous student assistance programs in the country. It's for that reason that our government recently introduced a more reflexible loan repayment plan. And it's for that reason that our government has mandated institutions to provide supplementary assistance to those students most in need. There have been some pretty revolutionary changes in OSAP under our watch. And I got to tell you, it wasn't in the best shape, that system, when we came to office. Let me just give you one example. In 2003, when we took office, a student from a middle-class family whose combined income was $70,000 a year who wanted to go away to university was eligible for about $4,300 in loans. Now, eight years later, after all the changes we brought in, that exact same student from that exact same family with the exact same income is eligible for over $12,000, with close to half of it in the form of grants. No qualified student in the province of Ontario should ever be denied access to college or university because of financial impediments. This has been our commitment that has guided us for the last eight years and will continue to guide us as we further development development changes to our student assistance program and introduce a tuition-free fee framework for 2012. Now, cost is only one challenge 
when we talk about this notion of going on in school. Another challenge is making sure that Ontarians are aware of all the options that exist beyond college or university. For a laid-off worker, for example, going on in school after having been out of the classroom for many years, his, his or her journey may begin with literacy and basic skills upgrading as a first step towards further studies. And that's why in our most recent budget, our government made significant investments in this area. For others, going on in school may mean apprenticeship and exploring the many opportunities that exist in many skilled trades for good jobs and the acquisition of skills and certification that's going to assist the learner for the rest of their lives. That's why we have provided a series of incentives to both employers and apprentices to make sure we get more people into the apprenticeship system. And in the new plan that we are launching today, we're going to put a new emphasis on making sure that these apprentices complete their training. This is also why we're proceeding with the College of Trades, a self-regulatory body which gives ownership of the trades to the sector itself and mandates them to get more young people into the trades and to make sure that they get the type of training they need and, most importantly, that they complete it. Now, going on in school also means recognizing the role of lifelong learning, as well as other actors who are involved in our educational system, whether we're talking about employers, unions, private career colleges, who together educate literally thousands of Ontarians every year. So how do we get our kids to go on in school? Well, I think everyone in the room would agree we have to start early. And that's why one of the most exciting parts of our new plan is a commitment by my ministry and the Ministry of Education to develop the types of programming and supports that our kids need in our elementary and high school system to make good choices about college, university, or apprenticeship and make sure that they have crucial information such as the level of financial support that's available. And finally, going on in school means when you get there, when you get to a college or university, there has to be space for you. And that's why in the most recent budget, despite some pretty hairy financial situations, I think everyone recognizes, our government, our premier and minister of finance made a commitment in that budget that we are going to fund the anticipated growth over the next five years, which is calculated to be in the neighborhood of 60,000 more students in our system. And it's not just operating dollars. Our government is right now in the process of finalizing a long-term infrastructure plan. And for the first time in Ontario's history, our colleges and universities will be part of our government's long-term commitments. We'll be starting by focusing on immediate growth while continuing to work with institutions to identify intermediate and long-term priorities that align with the government's needs. But it's not simply about getting students to the door. We've got to make sure that they have the type of high-quality education that leads to this good job. So putting students first means ensuring that they have access to a wide range of courses and programs and can move easily from institution to institution and from the university system to the college system. And that's why we've made credit transfer such a huge priority for this government, and we'll be investing over 74, or close to $74 million over five years to make it a reality. It also means the further development of online opportunities, and work is wrapping up on our plans for an Ontario online institute, which will enhance our province's online offerings 
with a particular emphasis on quality. And quality is at the heart of putting students first. Students deserve a classroom experience that engages them and challenges them in a way that gives them the skills they need to compete in the new economy. And one of the goals of our new plan is to work with students, work with faculty, and I welcome all the representatives we have here today, and work with the institutions themselves in order to identify and measure the key elements of teaching excellence and see it improved across the board. Now, I want to make one thing clear. In linking post-secondary education to employment, I'm in no way suggesting that the only courses or programs worth following are ones that link directly to a career. As the proud holder of a doctorate in modern history <laughs> with a specialization in the Cold War, <laughs> I am a strong supporter of students pursuing all areas of study. But what is important is that every program, whether we're talking about auto mechanics and engineering or philosophy and theology, is taught in a way that gives students the skills they need to function in the new economy, as well as allowing them to recognize the many, many doors that their individual educational or training experience is going to open. That means making experiential learning, internships, co-op programs, and postgraduate college certificates a key and central part of our education system. We need to make sure our system delivers. Yet before we can have a discussion about our system delivering, we have to ask a tough question. Does Ontario really have a mature post-secondary education system? We have a network of colleges and universities who focus their work and their attention in a variety of different areas. And for better or for worse, our province funds them. The main funding lever tends to be on a per-student basis, meaning that if a particular institution wants to get more government funding, they have to grow. Now, the results have been exciting. We have tens of thousands of new students in our colleges and universities. We have new undergraduate and graduate programs and professional schools and satellite campuses and new buildings popping up all over the place. And we've welcomed this growth. There's no question about it. But has it always occurred in the most well-planned way? Has it always been fully aligned with provincial priorities? And has it always fully highlighted the institutional excellence of that particular college or university. So today I'm going to ask the question, what if? What if we didn't put our institutions in a position where they felt they had to grow at all costs and instead ask them to focus on what they do best? What if all of us began to take teaching excellence as seriously as we take research excellence? What if we sat down and had a serious and frank discussion with our colleges and universities about their plans for the future? Where should growth really take place? Do you really need new programming or professional and graduate students? What is the role of your individual institution within the overall post-secondary education system?
How can we help you, a college or a university, use the valuable tools of credit transfer or online learning to make sure that your students can access the best that the system as a whole has to offer? This is what our new plan proposes to do. Beginning this fall, working with each college and university and using the best third-party advice, we want to negotiate individual mandate and enrollment agreements with each college and university as a first step to de designing a framework of how we want the system to evolve based on the principles of quality, sustainability, and most important, the best interests of our students. Now look, let's get one thing clear. There is no question that every college and university has the right to offer a full range of core programming, particularly at the undergraduate or entry level. And there's no question that we need to see continued growth of graduate studies in the province of Ontario, and we need a strong research agenda, both applied and pure, in our college and university sectors. But putting students first means government focusing our resources, and we don't have a great deal of resources in these days, but focusing our resources on what each institution does best so that collectively they offer the maximum choice, flexibility, and quality experience to Ontario students. Take the issue of satellite campuses. I think everyone agrees that the presence of a college or a university in an underserviced area is a good thing. But instead of communities and institutions self-identifying as the next location for a satellite, what if we turn things around? What if we, the government, with a careful eye on the province's growth plan, actually identified those key areas where a satellite makes sense? And working with interested parties, we start to develop the type of model which is going to best serve the students of that area and eliminate any unnecessary competition with neighboring colleges or universities. And this is only one example of the new approach that we want to take. And yes, it means the government will have the right to say no to requests that don't align with provincial priorities. But it will give Ontario students the assurance that they need that our system is evolving in a way which emphasizes quality and excellence. Now, to complement these mandate agreements, we will also be negotiating a new round of multi-year accountability agreements with each college and university. These agreements will establish baselines and targets for each institution in some of the key areas that I've outlined today for example, teaching excellence, and tie funding to their achievement. Now, the way we fund is, of course, the final piece of the puzzle. Our new approach will uh, require a modernization of our funding formula away from one that simply rewards growth at all costs to one that makes sure we are achieving our goals in areas, again, I mentioned it again, teaching excellence, overall quality, and, of course, helping institutions fulfill their long-term plans and mandates. Now, funding formulas may appear a long way removed from that Ontario family who simply wants their kids to go on in school and get a good job. But you know what? If we can get it right, if we can continue to see our system evolve in a way that rewards excellence and focuses on strengths, 
it's going to mean a great deal to students across this province. We have so much to celebrate here in the province of Ontario. And you know what? I want to I go back to where I started and offer a vote of thanks to all of Ontario's post-secondary education leaders, administrators, faculty, students, those, as I said, from the union sector who have done such a great job in training apprentices, those from the literacy sector, the list goes on. You have created a system that is the envy of the world. And you know what? It's too valuable to this province to see it undermined by the types of cuts and neglect that we've seen in past governments. Now, I know we've all been following the media, and we've come off a bit of a crazy weekend of lots of wild promises, including three paragraphs, I understand, on post-secondary education. And my only comment is going to be one of my favorite quotes from that 20th century philosopher, Dr. Phil, who I think <laughs> put it best when he said, the best predictor of future actions is past actions. Education at all levels has been a central focus of this government, and I am so proud of our achievements. And I want to assure everyone in this room that under the leadership of our Premier, we are going to continue to build on those achievements. Over the last eight years, we have built a high-quality and competitive post-secondary education and training system here in the province of Ontario. We have achieved this success by working together. And you know what? We need to take the same approach in the years ahead as together we build a stronger and smarter system that puts students first. Thank you. Thank you very much, Minister Malloy. I'd like to call to the podium Helen Burstyn, a past president of the Canadian Club of Toronto. Thank you, Nick, and thank you, Minister Malloy. I have the pleasure of thanking you today and congratulating you on the remarkable job you and your government have been doing to raise the bar on training and post-secondary education in this province. Those achievements are real, they are measurable, and they are making an important difference for students and learners and for employers. There is now more access to training, college and university education than there has ever been in this province. And there is also more success. As you mentioned, Ontario has one of the highest post-secondary education attainment rates in the world. So not only are student participation rates high, so are the outcomes. Ontario students have a bright future ahead of them. The apprenticeships, the literacy and skills training, and the college and university education they are enjoying today is translating into good jobs tomorrow. So, Minister, on behalf of our guests, I want to thank you for sharing with us how, by investing in students, you are investing in Ontario's future. And we wish you and your ministry continued success in pursuing an, an agenda of even higher achievement. Thank you.
Thank you very much, Helen. Thank you again, Minister Malloy, and thanks once more to Colleges Ontario and the Council of Ontario Universities for making this event possible. This concludes our television programming, which will be broadcast on Rogers TV in the days to come. We're grateful to Rogers TV and 680 News for their continuing promotion of Canadian Club events. To learn more about the Canadian Club and our upcoming events, please visit us at www.canadianclub.org. Thanks to all of you for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, this meeting is now adjourned.